1998, I founded the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. I did it because I had a few talented friends who needed a place to take their art to the next level. And because I knew there had to be more voices out there waiting to be heard. And because I wanted to go to an open mic where at least two out of three poems didn't suck. My name is Tracy Smith, and this is the Kazoo Slamcast. This is Slam Poem. Later, like, the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. A question asked in one naked moment. I am the Smith. I am the poet. I am the industrial revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. Finding how wonderful we are, we form the sweet nature of the future and the reasons that we sing. On this week's Keizu Slamcast, we have part three of our 2001 Summer Slam, or actually part one of night two of our 2001 Summer Slam, featuring poets from Ann Arbor, Detroit, Chicago, Grand Rapids, and Kalamazoo. And our special musical guest, Mr. Charlie Burgess, who is basically the Kalamazoo Poetry Slams, Doc Severinsen, Paul Schaefer, Max Weinberg, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. You get the analogy. When I was a semi-suicidal teen, I used to fantasize about my funeral. I would see myself laid out in a cherrywood coffin lined in silk. I'd think about who would come and who would not and what would they say about me. I imagine all the girls who always wanted me but have been too shy to ask, loudly weeping for their irrevocable loss. The schoolyard bullies would beg my dead body forgiveness, and Prince and the Revolution would play Sometimes It Snows in April, which was my favorite song. But even then, I knew that funerals are only temporary stoppages in time. Even if the celebration of my life was the kick-ass event of the season and they had a special page in the high school yearbook devoted just to me, eventually people would stop talking about the funeral, stop talking about the dead guy. I would pass slowly out of memory. My photographs would gather dust. My little brother would inherit my room. At 16, I had far more potential than accomplishments, and no one remembers potential. I'm not ready to die right now, but the idea of immortality still keeps me up nights. The very thought of never dying, never dying, never dying kills me. I have foreseen myself wrapped in linen, arms crossed across my chest, lying in the sarcophagus, laid in the tomb. That vision is far more comforting than me at 450, having read all the books, learned all the languages, tried every position in the Kama Sutra. There is nothing left but loneliness and sorrow. I still think about my funeral. You can bet I'll be watching, so don't you dare bury me in some cheap white pine box. I want my body to be bronzed and displayed in the Smithsonian. I want all my letters and journals and poetry to be published posthumously. I want a full-length Japanese anime movie made depicting my life. My funeral will be my last-ditch effort at validation. All my friends in heaven and hell will be there. I'm talking Hendrix and Hemingway, James Joyce and Janis Joplin, and I don't want them to think I didn't know anybody before I died. You invite everyone I've ever known. I don't care if they loved me or hated me. If heaven's got beers, I'll be drinking right along with my relatives, all tanked and weeping and laughing at the same time. 
and I'll be watching you, all quiet dignity, surrounded by the living, still loving you, still trying to hold you up, though you never needed to be held. I'll be watching and remembering each kiss, each word we shared. So if you have to wear black, make it that black evening gown, the one with the slit that goes almost all the way up, because I'll be dancing and singing with you long into the night. When you speak, do those listening receive? Shine, shine, diamond jewels from the inscrutable tapestry of heaven. Do you bless those who curse you? Do you believe in street-level benediction? Do you see rookie police officers with spit-shine shoes and sharply pressed pants as potential recipients of mercy? Do you remember what it is to forgive? Rufus was locally famous street people. His past was a dozen different lives depending on what day you asked, and sometimes he pushed a shopping cart down Division Street, dispensing schizophrenic wisdom like so many communion wafers. You could see him on any number of downtown street corners, on his knees in all manner of weather, rain, snow, sleet, or blazing summer sun beseeching the Almighty. I remember once how some gutter punks confronted him. Shouldn't go, yeah, go for it, man. Hey, Rufus, man, give us the benediction. And Rufus rose from the stoop in full nobility, gathered his tattered October blanket around him like a purple robe, and spoke. May the sun not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. May stray bullets pass thee by. May God's kitchen serve thee food that thee like. May thee not faint after thee donate plasma. May the cold wind not take thee life. May the police not beat thee. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May his face shine upon thee. May the light of his countenance shine upon thee and give thee peace. It was a few weeks later, I was standing in the doorway with a double deuce, and I saw Rufus. And he was on his knees, arms outstretched, shouting about the judgment of the Lord on the unrepentant. And two cops walked up to him, and I thought, uh-oh. You see, it just doesn't do to have weird, smelly street people making a scene less than a block away from trendy shopping district so newly remodeled and now aesthetically pleasing. Unlike Loud Rufus with these two police officers, one on each arm, they tried to pull him to his feet, but he wasn't finished. He turned, tried to break their grip, accidentally struck the cop on his left in the chest. Just big let go and hit him. Closed fist right in the jaw. I ducked back in the doorway quick. And when I look again, the other asshole had his nightstick out. Laid on him, solid on the neck. And I ducked back, and when I looked again, I thought I heard Rufus say something, but blood streamed out of his mouth. And when they dragged him around the corner away from me, I ran. I ran my ass off. I haven't seen or heard Rufus since. Oh, my city. My city. We've all run away. We've forgotten our saints. We've run with eager feet astray, chasing big screen TV dreams. Who of us can say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall obtain mercy. Shine, shine, diamond jewel, from the inscrutable tapestry of heaven. Shine on, Rufus, shine.
Just once, I'd like you to see me alone in a room with a guitar and an amp as loud as the devil and clean as the Lord. And I'm, I'm playing this riff like a thunderclap hard and I love it and I need it and I keep fucking it up and I keep fucking it up and I keep fucking it up. And I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. And it hurts like a python wrapped around my forearm. And it hurts like wire whips tearing at my fingertips. And I love it and I need it. And I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. I'd like you to see me alone in a room with a guitar and an amp as loud as the devil and clean as the Lord. And I'm playing this riff like a thunderclap hard. And I love it like a thunderclap hard. And I love it and I need it. And I keep fucking it up. And I keep fucking it up. And I keep fucking it up. And I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. And it hurts like a python wrapped around my forearm. And it hurts like wire whips tearing at my fingertips. And I love it. And I need it. And I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. I'd like you to see me alone in a room with a guitar and an amp as loud as the deviling, clean as the Lord. And I'm playing this riff like a thunderclap hard. And I love it like a thunderclap hard. And I love it like a thunderclap hard. And I love it. And I need it. And I keep fucking it up. And I keep fucking it up. And I keep fucking it up and I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. And it hurts like a python wrapped around my forearm and it hurts like wire whips tearing at my fingertips. And I love it and I need it and I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once. I'd like you to see me alone in a room with a girl and a problem. As dark as midnight and clear as a song and I'm, I'm trying to help like a matador tries and I love her and I need her and I keep fucking it up. And I keep fucking it up and I keep fucking it up and I can't stop until I get it right all the way through just once and it hurts like a daydream running through my memory and it hurts like my vanity pulls me towards insanity and I love her and I need her and I can't stop until we get it right all the way through just once. Men, 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 men. I was seven. My brother and I were upstairs in our room, and we were only trying to have fun. In the summer, the sun stayed out later, but our bedtime stayed the same. The first time, we were talking too loudly, and Mom came up. The second, we were wrestling. The third, I don't even remember what we were doing. But the fourth time, the fourth time, it was Dad who came to quiet us down, and Dad's method differed from Mom's. He grabbed me by the arm, dragged me down the stairs, and I danced circles around him while Mom just stood in the corner watching, shocked. That first fight with my father, I think it's safe to say I lost. But from that day on, Dad had found the best method of discipline. My father always was a handy man. So I suppose my first impression of what men are supposed to be like didn't impress me much. Eventually, I found other male role models, other father figures. Men, 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 men. The spitting, the scratching, the nudging, the pulling, the touching, and fuck. Why is it that all the manly men I know prefer hitting each other in the groin than spending time with their women? And they all have women, and they all diss their women in the company of other men. But brag about how many times a day they get it and how many different women they've done. You take the loudest, toughest dude you know, throw him in a room full of his boys, and listen to the shit he talks. Then throw his girl in the room and watch him shut the fuck up. 
up. And I'm no different. I have no delusions of superiority. I have live in eternal fear and respect of my girl. She could, would, and has kicked my ass. Yet every one of these pussy-whipped manly men talk like they're the only men in the world who aren't whipped, like they're the lord of my manor. King of this castle then turned to find their girl standing behind them. Fear takes over as they fall to their knees. I was just, just kidding, baby. Yeah, call her baby. That'll help. Or just tell you love her and she'll forgive and forget. I have no desire to be a manly man. I don't like getting drunk. I don't know anything about cars. And I hate, and I do mean hate, getting hit in the groin. <laughs> but if you're a man who can front like you're intelligent, if you can con me into thinking you're wiser than my years, if you talk to me and listen to me and pretend to have my back, I'll follow you around like a little puppy. Because all I learned growing up was that I wasn't good enough. And because I wasn't good enough, I got hit, leaving me starved for some sort of fatherly affection. But the idea of showing any toward my real father repulses me. I haven't hugged him since fifth grade. But these con artists, these substitutes, these replacements, these father figures, I hug at the end of every night before we go home to our women. Men, 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 men. I am divine. I saw God in you, but that is to say I saw me in you. And in those moments I remember it was forgotten. The universe rushed home and around me to surround me to remind me that we are not alone and we are only a mystery to ourselves. Through meditation I asked what does it mean and I turned my eyes inward where truth can be seen. There I began to glean a path that led to we. And being with you was so sublime I remembered before the beginning of time writing love back to home before separation claimed my soul and I was sentenced to this life in which I do not recognize myself on the street. But with you I was released to be and nurture my divine genealogy, recall all the forces of destiny, invite them for tea and empathy, jar my damaged memory and finally pre-write history. And this sampling of space minus the time restraints was indeed where I wanted to be. I was no longer confounded, rather surrounded by the universal love. See, I liked where I was so I sat back relaxed said I'm done. Turns out I basked too long in the power of our sun. I mistook the raft for the shore, but my faith is unshaken because it is for sure. The universe will never give us more than what we're ready for, and we are only a mystery to ourselves. It took the front page to say you and me not meant to be, and the injustice is a travesty. It's a case of lost identity. I could never figure out how to be me for me, but you know me, and all those crazy places I'd be running to when I couldn't let you be you because you defined me for that. I'm sorry, baby. But I spent the last 80 centuries unlearning the patriarchy, finding out about fallacy, waging war on misogyny, and sometimes my studies catch up with me, form a film through which I see not always so clearly. And I don't have time for apathy. See, the universe has got me busy working on the math of spirituality. I got to divide me by three according to the Trinity, subtract gender identity, add a little self-authority, and work through the factor of male supremacy before I can carry the one me, back to where I'm supposed to be, back to my own divinity, back to free. There are days 
Swing set blue afternoons when the parameter of disgust was limited to watching our poodle roll and burrow in jungle grass capping a leaking septic tank. Swing set blue afternoons. Remember those pug-nosed faces we made, sister? Our poodle feigned humiliation as we hosed the liquefied shit from out of his matted hide. I would have rather have had the image of that dog permanently burned into the back of my retina than to have to watch you catch your fall in a rearview mirror. Like passing the scene of, of some fatal accident, recognizing every detail in the peripheral, searching for the next turn off, the next, the next, passing homecomings, graduations, the first girl I thought I would marry disappearing into oblivion, passing the same details over and over like a billboard or a song or a scene from a movie or, or a little white girl running down the sidewalk with jet black hair to her waist, holding my breath for the next turn off, the next, the next, the next, the next, like a loop of all the cut road scenes from Lost Highway every time I heard the words, help me. And here we are, 15 years later, Arizona a lifetime away. You fucked me in the basement. And you can't stay married to save your life because the man that you're attracted to, he fucked me in the hallway. Can't compete with the man you wanted your father to be, he fucked me in the choir loft, a preacher whose wife's favorite Sunday dinner was crucifying his last sermon in front of his children, he fucked me in the baptismal. And how is it that you begged me to have faith in a God? He fucked me in the vestibule in a God who couldn't even protect a child in the parameter of his own house. He fucked me five feet away from where you were watching television. He fucked me in the mouth until my lips lost the elasticity to pray to anyone. And how was it my own father didn't see the signs were exploding everywhere in bleeding neon? There are days when I can still hear the patent leather patter of your feet chirping down the hall, feel a tug at my sleeve. Together we mount the piano bench and, and begin Jesu Joy, a man's desire. I wait for the next note, but you're gone, grown, somewhere juggling dynamite, somewhere testing your pubescent powers near an uncle who doesn't know the difference between a 12-year-old and an adult. And I scream into the leaf-turgent smoke, hoping my lungs can reach across a continent. Your body is more sacred than any sanctuary. And the sacred space that you thought was mangled from your chest is still with you. Your flesh, holy ground. Your vessel, more a temple than any cathedral. Your soul, the holiest of holies. In ancient Israel, they tied a rope around a priest who entered the tabernacle. Should one enter defiled, Yahweh would not be denied. If I were our uncle, I wouldn't sleep tonight. I would gasp when the rope tightens around my chest. I wouldn't sleep ever. For the bar owners of America, I have decided to drink myself into a stupid state of heterosexual bliss. Some say that I'm the product of a gene, an odd 
gene, a queer little gene. Others say that I'm a social construction. I don't know. What I do know is that whatever it is that I am, it can be affected by submerging myself in a never-ending river of Johnny Walker Black. I am well aware that the brew that is said to make women look better could turn against me. The same liquor that leaves me hugging on barflies toilet and blaming my lack of an erection on one too many rum and cokes could turn around to bite me in the air, sending me tumbling from man to man like some sort of supercharged fag. The only upside to this is that my friends and associates will say that I'm drunk and nothing more. They will say that I'm a friendly drunk, completely ignoring my gropings at the crotches, thighs, and buttocks of every buff, blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy who swaggers through the door. They will say, it is innocent. He is a happy drunk. I know my feelings may change in the morning when the hangover hits, the nagging headache, the aversion to bright lights and loud noises, the dull metallic taste in my mouth may lead me to question my actions. But at least my lack of a date will be blamed on laziness, no personality, or poor personal hygiene. And who knows? Maybe there is a woman for me, one that will not see me as a mere sex object. <laughs> a woman who will know all she has to do is wait, and I will lose interest in sex. A woman who will mind separate bedrooms and boyfriends. We will be the happy sort, barren as our summer brown lawns, sterile as the suburb where we live, and once any chance for hope has been completely wrung from us, we will gladly divorce. And there, the end will find me a fat, pasty-skinned old white man dabbing the grease from baked chicken at the all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh, yes, bartender, there's reason to celebrate. Start me a scotch and water, and don't let my glass stay empty, because tonight I start to drink myself completely and utterly straight. When daddy said he was going to the country to get Big Mama, family was going to Hackett's to get a can of snuff and lining her spit jar with the fresh toilet paper like she liked it. It was her great-grandchildren huddled at her feet, riding her stories through the watermelon patches of her childhood, trying to imagine what it was like. And when I cried because I struck out in Little League Baseball, it was the sincerity in Coach Mims's voice when he lifted my chin, looked in my eyes, and said, hang in there. You'll get them next time. It was three little boys on weekend visits arguing about who was going to sleep with grandma and grandma assuring them that our twin size bed was big enough for everybody. It was me waking up with my afro below grandma's chin, one of her hands behind her shoulder, the other around my head, and me feeling like the safest little boy in the world. It was daddy being extra nice and taking his four sons to Pizza Hut and always having enough room in the Grand Prix for a couple buddies. 
It was sitting at the lunch counter at Woolworths, watching mama wait tables for minimum wages, hoping she'd get the extra special tip so that I can get the three scoops of chocolate ice cream. Make it special, mama. Please, make it real special. It was me and my brother soaking mama's feet in salt water, trying to sand away the calluses to make it smooth like it was yesterday so she can go back and do it again tomorrow. It was a fifth of gin that pretended to be my friend that turned on me, and Uncle Leon speaking the unthinkable when he asked for his gun, and Grandma getting on her knees, putting her head to my chest, and through her tears saying, y'all leave him alone. Leave my baby alone. It was the next day, me calling Uncle Leon to tell him I'm sorry, and he telling me he's sorry, and us forgetting that it ever happened. It's a way I could do no wrong in the eyes of my mama and my sister. You know I could do no wrong in the eyes of my mama and my sister. It's a million visits to the penitentiary that hasn't shaken Aunt Joyce's faith. It's knowing I was welcome to Aunt Brenda's sweet potato pie without asking. It's the way my mama always cried when she heard the song of family reunion. You know my mom always cried when she hear that song. It was watching my wife after 11 hours of labor whose eyes and face no longer possessed the words to describe her pain, so she pushed. It was 20 years of anticipating what my child would be and who she would be. And when I saw the tip of her head before the slap, before the cry, before I saw her eyes even, it was like I was about to meet a long-lost friend whom I had never met. And as my head bobbed and my shoulders trembled, not the nurses, not even the doctors could see, the cornucopia of sunrises interwoven with my tears. And occasionally, family is being with the people I love. In parks, living rooms, or backyards, exchanging hugs, kisses, and pats on the back over root beer, or just beer, making them stones on our shoulders feel like feathers. Because grandma has forgotten that she was ever a sharecropper. And Aunt Joyce is no longer centered on the pain of an imprisoned child. Mama's callous feet are feeling smooth. And we said in the way we dance, we said in the way we laugh, and we said in the way we cry that it feels damn good to be alive.
when we look into the heavens. There's a red world there to see. We could get there in a spaceship. But that wasn't meant to be. Cause it's a blue, blue world. A blue, blue world. A blue, blue world. It's a blue, blue world. With a big blue sky. And a deep blue ocean. Where all the fishes cry. She was a blue eyed lady. With dyed red hair, and I was there when she was there. Born a blue blue world, a blue blue world, a blue blue world, a blue blue This is Don's favorite song. <laughs> you got beautiful toes, little threes and twos. So why must you wear those disappointing Shoes. You painted your nails with pretty reds and blues. So why must you wear those disappointing shoes? You got a beautiful face and beautiful hair. A shapeless shape to your dairy air, but I lose my joy when I lower my eyes, and there's your beautiful feet inside a sad disguise.
face and beautiful hair and a shapely shape to your dairy air but I lose my joy when I lower my eyes and there's your beautiful feet inside a sad disguise you got beautiful toes and little threes and twos so why must you wear those disappointing shoes This is called Eleusinian Psalm. Give me your grain 
You can dump it on my head. You can dump it on my head. Oh, dump it all over my head. Gonna build me a boat, a boat that'll float way out on the water, like it oughta. There's a mermaid that sings at the edge of the water, and she tells me I oughta build a boat. So I use whatever I got and what I get to keep my feet from getting wet. I've just been informed that there is a, what color was it? A maroon Plymouth Acclaim in the parking lot next door with its lights on. There's a circle in my head. Nothing can stop me now. Nothing can stop me now. There's a monkey in my 
pants I felt them like it in my pants Para que se amiga Para que se amiga Ah, oh, these damn sinuses. Ah. Uh, there's a... There's a park down in Portage. And there's a lake there called Hogset Lake. And this is a story about what happened there one day. the babies snatched them from the cape and jaws of death the day they saw the snake the day they saw the snake at Hogshead Lake all the the virgins they ran out screaming, ran out screaming to the shore, bouncing in their polka dotted bikini, looking like a bunch of little whores. Like a boat and looking pretty dangerous, looking 
like he could eat a goat. Lifeguards, they weren't no heroes. They let them get away. They, they saw the snake. The day they saw the snake at Hogshead Lake. The day they saw the snake. The day they saw the snake at Hogshead I tried knocking the doors and I turned out the lights, pulled down the shades, but baby, I might as well not, cause those old mistakes keep coming back to haunt me. I removed the number from the front of the house, put up the fence, but it don't make no sense, cause I found those old mistakes keep coming back around. Sticks keep coming back around. Keep coming back around Uninvited like my mother-in-law They show up with a suitcase And they kiss me on the jaw It's insane All those old mistakes keep coming back again They look me up with the time that they're in town Those old mistakes keep coming back around Mistakes keep coming back Gonna do one more. I 
had a dream about a naked lady in a pool. Her crotch and her tits, they were covered up with fruit. A regular cornucopia. I was waiting by the pool reading Rollins Dome. And there was the lady in an ad for Thank you. Hey, you ought to neuter that fucking kid. It's a brain thing, Joe, with Bernard, not a balls thing. Oh, give it a name. Come on, anything you can say is a problem with a man. No, it's a balls thing. <laughs>